Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 28, where I'm going to talk about three ways of overcoming fear. So fear is an enemy that I think we all recognize that we're going to have to battle many different times in our lives. Fear creeps even into the smallest daily decisions of our lives. And fear only also hits us, you know, with the major crossroads we sort of come into our lives. I don't think in my lifetime I've ever been free from fear. Um, And I don't think we can ever expect in our lifetime to be free from fear and the worries and and, uh, concerns that uh, fear has a way of drumming up in our lives. However, even though I don't believe we can be free from fear, because I think fear is in part just a natural biological thing, I think fear is something that we can overcome. Fear will hit us uh, ultimately in many different ways in our lives. Fear causes us to worry about being rejected by others, things like our personal finances, our career paths, romantic relationships, our kids, our health. Uh, outcome of political elections, and pretty much, well, virtually everything under the sun. Fear just creeps into and wants to dominate uh, at times just about any and everything in our lives. Um, And it's been my experience that uh, fear creeps in constantly uh, in your life, and it's something that you have to combat. But, you know, sometimes I think not only fear is something that you have to combat, um, you know, fear is something that can actually be embraced. Uh, While fear can cause us to lose sleep at night as we toss and turn and mull things over in our head about the fear of the worries of the things to come, and it has the ability to cripple us, and it can attack us from our past, it can attack us from our present, and it can attack us about the future. Not all fear is bad. In fact, some fear is good. Fear makes us realize there are very real dangers in the world. If you're standing on a very tall ladder with nobody supporting it, well, you have a right to be afraid. Uh, You should not be up on a ladder alone at 30, 40, 50 feet uh, up in the air. You should probably be taking some additional safety measures Uh, So in that way, fear can be a very good thing. Uh, Fear will help save your life and keep you from doing some really, really stupid and dangerous stuff. So not only will fear keep us from doing some really dangerous stuff, but I think fear uh, kind of inspires us to seek advice from others. Um, causes us to weigh the best of many options in life. Um, It can help build a sense of community in that sense. Um, And in general, fear can be kind of a healthy tool in helping us to make wise and prudent decisions. Um, So in that way, fear can be a good thing. It can keep us from doing stupid, dangerous stuff without any cares of what the consequences of those actions uh, and that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, fear can also help us just weigh the complexities of life. It can help us mitigate uh, some risk. It can help us, 
you know, uh, ultimately be prudent individuals, uh, people who instead of living their lives uh, by just doing whatever thing pops into their mind, uh, it, it allows us to, you know, consider all the alternatives <laughs> and all the possible outcomes, both good and bad. So I think there's a very healthy sense in which fear is a good thing and not all fear is bad. I, I would even go to venture to say maybe some fear is given to us uh, by God <laughs> uh, to, to, to seek out wisdom and to seek out counsel and to make wise and prudent decisions, especially understanding that there are ramifications for the decisions that we make in this world. So fear can be a good thing and not all fear needs to go away. Um, like I said, there's some fear that is purely biological and there's some fear that is very healthy uh, and it is fear that, uh, you know, can be a good thing and is fear something and fear is something that we should at times embrace. Um, fear, for example, can be uh, healthy and helping us make good financial decisions. Like if you're considering going to college, if you're 18 years old, you might want to talk to some folks about what you're going to do for a living, how you're going to pay for your education, and you know what a good degree program uh, could be. Because if you were just you know throwing all care and caution to the wind and just letting things come as they may, well then you could do something really stupid like going to a podunk college. Uh, and spending $100,000 in student loans to get a fine arts degree. Um, and if that school has a low reputation and uh, the career path for somebody with a fine arts degree is not very good, then, you know, uh, getting $100,000 in student loan debt may not be such a wise decision. And it could be fear that will ultimately cause you to reflect and all the possible financial difficulties and ruin that pursuing such an academic degree and student loan debt uh, and career path um, may ultimately, you know, cause you to, to suffer ruin. And uh, fear will cause you to maybe talk to some people about, uh, you know, moving forward uh, in that way and to maybe suggest uh, better alternatives for you as far as your academic career path is concerned and how you will finance your education. Um, fear of losing life and limb will result in individuals taking some basic safety precautions when doing things like hanging Christmas lights, driving a car, or going camping <laughs> in the woods. And you know, I, I really was thinking about the camping thing recently because uh, I was in the plans up until... Uh, or over the past couple months of going on an uh, outdoor camping, overnight camping experience uh, with a co-leader from church and some of the high school youth. And I'd never really been really camping before deep in the woods. You know, I, I'd slept in a tent before outside at night uh, at my aunt's uh, uh, home where she had like five acres of land or something like that. But I'd never slept deep in the woods. And so I was thinking about, well, how do I keep warm at night you know how do i handle bears how do i handle snakes what happens if while i'm camping out in the woods and hiking you know i should sprain a leg 
uh, or ankle or something like that. What what would I do to handle uh, such a situation? Or when I hang Christmas lights every year, you know, uh, with my wife and my wife is at the bottom of the ladder and I'm dangling, you know, 20 feet up in the air and I'm like, uh, you know, being kind of cautious about the entire thing because the idea of Falling 20 feet from the sky does not appeal to me, especially as one who has broken, you know, an arm doing uh, such as a kit. <laughs> not hanging Christmas lights, but falling from a high, uh, high spot in the sky. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, there, there's, there's good fears out there um, and fears that we should ultimately embrace and fears that should inform us. Um, but you know, I think fear goes from being a good thing to a bad thing when fear uh, makes us take the uh, easiest and safest possible conservative routes in life. When fear starts crippling our decisions and makes us take uh, no risk and makes us not step out and do anything bold. Fear becomes a problem when we ultimately are crippled in our ability to make decisive, bold actions when such situations demand and warrant such actions. Fear becomes a problem when it utterly blinds us to reality and makes all possible outcomes look singularly bad. So fear goes from a good place to from for causing us to seek wise counsel and to make prudent decisions in life and to guard life and limb to when fear ultimately just causes us to stop dead in our tracks and makes us um, impossible to move forward whatsoever with any sort of wise or prudent decisions and causes us actually to, to do things that uh, are destructive. But we do those destructive things because we are terrified uh, at the outcome. Like you can think of uh, helicopter parents, parents who won't even trust their kids to walk down to the neighborhood pool and back uh, out of fear that somebody's going to snatch them along the way. If, if you're a helicopter parent and you can't let your kid walk down to the neighborhood pool uh, without putting a GPS tracking device on them and driving them to the, uh, the neighborhood pool, um, you know, that's just a half mile or a mile down the street. Well, then you're probably being ruled by a crippling fear that is going to not only paralyze you as an individual and, you know, the ability to trust and give your child freedom, uh, but it also hurts your child because they'll never develop the life skills necessary to make wise and prudent decisions when they have to, to go at things alone or be on their own. Uh, in life. So when fear starts crippling into things like that, uh, then fear is becoming a problem. Um, and I think we can all identify of times in our lives when fear has truly been a problem and it's crippled us, it's robbed us of sleep, uh, it's caused us to have uh, relationship problems and financial problems and causes us to make all sorts of dumb and idiotic decisions. Uh, when, when fear starts getting to that level um, and we think we're doing it because, well, we're just batting down the hatches and preparing for the storm, uh, when, when, when we're getting down to that sort of situation with, 
with everyday sort of things in life, uh, then fear is becoming not something that's merely biological, and then fear is becoming something that is not a gift from God, uh, but fear is becoming something that is uh, psychologically problematic, and I would even dare say at times uh, demonic. We shouldn't be ruled by such fears. And I can think in my life of when, <laughs> you know, I, I've been ruled and conquered by fear. I can think of, uh, you know, kind of having a sheltered upbringing in my life. You know, my, my parents were very concerned about my well-being uh, and making sure that I stayed alive and, you know, rightfully so, as, as a parent should be. But perhaps maybe at times, um, you know, they might have taken it a little too far. And, uh, you know, I was kind of a shy kid and I was kind of sheltered and I was homeschooled and, you know, there were reasons, fearful reasons behind the idea of why I became homeschooled. And, you know, it kind of uh, affected, I think, you know, my teenage years and early 20s uh, to some degree. And as a result of kind of becoming this fearful individual who didn't have the ability to, to uh, kind of do things on his own, you know, I kind of became an individual who started looking to do things secretly on my own. Uh, out of fear of being found out, uh, out of fear of rejection, you know, maybe some of the problems I had in my late teens and early 20s with, uh, with having dates and stuff like that was, well, because I was afraid the girl was going to reject me or I was afraid that, you know, things would go bad if I did pursue a relationship uh, with that individual or that maybe they just weren't the right one for me. And so, you know, I didn't even put my toes in the water to, to find out, uh, to, to live boldly, uh, to live with my heart on my sleeve, uh, so to say. And as a result, I kind of just sort of bottled all sorts of stuff up. I can think of fear, uh, you know, kind of ruling decisions about things in regard to church and ministry. Um, and, uh, when I decided to start pursuing some sort of ministry in my life, um, and feeling a sense that God had called me to some sort of ministry, you know, fear kind of ultimately caused me to make some very dumb decisions in regard to that. Uh, so fear is something I've had to, to battle, but I've noticed over the years that as I've, uh, kind of flexed my muscles and developed some character and, uh, you know, engaged in some of the behaviors I'm going to getting ready to share with you in a little bit, um, that uh, I've ultimately been able to overcome many of these fears, fears that crippled me and fears that made me uh, make some bad decisions in my life. Um, and so I want to help you today, hopefully to overcome whatever fears you may be facing in your life. Um, and I think there are three ways, uh, if I could just boil it down into some sort of simple teachable um, moment in which I think we can overcome fear. And uh, let me go ahead and share those three ways with you for overcoming fear. First, you need faith. In life, we seldom go at it alone. We are really reliant on others in many, many different ways. Uh, we count on people ultimately to pull their weight, to do their part, and to follow through on their commitments uh, that they've made to us. And really the same also not only goes with people, but uh, if you're a Christian, I believe the same goes with God. We need to learn to trust people and believe in them and trust in God and believe in Him. Uh, so believe in God, believe in others, and put your trust in them. 
but you know, to do this, I think to have faith in others and to have faith in God and to put our trust in people to follow through with the things that they've promised to follow through on and, and God with the things that God has promised to follow through on, we ultimately must be bold and cultivate relationships uh, both with God and both with man. <laughs> uh, we need to learn their character and if they've promised us something that they're going to follow through on, then we ultimately need to be able to hang our hat on those promises and trust and have faith and believe that what they've said, they will do. Um, I, I, and I know it's so easy to, to say that, but it's also so easy to, to sit there and constantly doubt people. Uh, to, to say, oh, they're just going to fall through again, or, oh, God's not going to be there, and, and, and I'm just going to be left by myself, and uh, I'm going to be the one cleaning up the mess. Uh, so, you know, as a result, we end up making bad decisions, all simply because we're not willing to hang our hat on others following through for us in our lives, whether it be other people or whether it be God himself. Next, not only do we need faith and trust and belief in people and God, but we need hope. And by hope, I mean more than just wishful thinking about the future. Hope is more than just being an eternal optimist. It's more than just having a Joel Osteen, fake it till you make it sort of uh, routine. Of course, Hope can look like these things at times, and in general, I think one's life will be better if you keep a kind of positive, glass-half-full disposition on life. You, you need to have a general optimistic spirit and mindset, um, but uh, hope is more than just being optimistic and wishing for the best. Uh, it's more than just a hope and a prayer that things work out and uh, that sort of thing, but rather hope uh, is something that we need for, for when life gets really dark, when the fear gets really thick, uh, and we need something more than just a sunny disposition to help us get through our day. Um, hope is a tangible thing. Um, it is casting our hope on something firm about the future and marching towards that. It is a belief that what God has said, God will do. It is a belief that what others have said, others will do. And yes, faith and hope kind of tie in together and they're synonymous uh, with one another um, at times. But there is an aspect of hope which is future-oriented. And it is a belief uh, not only in what others have promised and what God has promised. But it's something that you're hanging your hat on and trusting and as a result uh, committing yourself to an outcome and marching towards that outcome. Um, I can remember when I was in my mid-20s, I was having some financial difficulties, I was having some occupational uh, difficulties, uh, I was having some relationship difficulties, and I thought my life was getting ready to crumble, and in some ways it was. You know, I talked about in a prior episode how uh, I, as a result of making some really stupid life decisions, I, I ultimately, uh, you know, went bankrupt about some uh, in my finances. Uh, I was lucky to be broke, as they said. And, 
you know, but I was at, getting at the point where I thought that, um, you know, I was going to have to hang up everything that I had done and set out to do in my mid-20s and that I was going to have to move from Charlotte uh, and then I was going to have to head back to uh, Richmond where my parents live. And I thought, you know, every, I was just going to have to leave everything behind um, and that there was no future for me here in Charlotte, North Carolina. But, you know, something in my gut told me that was not the case. And even though things looked dark and dim and I did not like where my life was going, I believed in my heart of hearts that God ultimately had a plan and a purpose for me in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And I believed in my heart of hearts that moving back with mom and dad in my mid-20s uh, to go live with them in Richmond was not going to be something that I needed to do. Um, and I can remember having a, a really hard conversation with God about that. And I can remember being by myself in my apartment and really just being like, God, no. God, I, I just know that I know that I know in my heart that you have called me to do something uh, here in this area and that you have a plan and a purpose for me right where I am. Um, and I just know that it's not time to hang everything up and hit the reset button. Um, but as a result, I'm just going to keep plowing through what I'm going through. And I'm not just going to take the easy way out. I'm not going to avoid the fears and the pains and the things that I know are plaguing me. Uh, but I'm going to do the hard thing and I'm going to stick it out. Um, and as a result of clinging to that hope and that belief uh, in my heart and in my spirit that God just wanted me to stay where I was at um, and that good things would ultimately result from such. Um, I did just that. And I kept marching with that belief that God had a purpose and a plan for me uh, and that I just needed to keep plowing hard at what I was doing uh, and that no matter how much things shook and fell apart and became even more difficult and things did become more difficult even after those moments. But when I, when I really had it out with God and, and clung to a hope of a better future, uh, a specific thing that God, you know, had a, a better job for me, that God had a relationship and a wife here for me and that God had a ministry here for me in the Charlotte area. Uh, I cling to that hope and that hope got me through that dark period um, and that hope ultimately got me through it. And I saw all those things that I hoped for ultimately manifest itself uh, shortly thereafter, even though things got darker than the dark that I was at at that time when I really had it out with God. Uh, I had a hope um, that I cling to and, you know, things worked out well. I ended up uh, getting a better job, a better career. Um, I ended up eventually marrying uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman. And uh, I've had the opportunity to be involved in a variety of ministries uh, in ways that I perhaps uh, had never even hoped for uh, that were, uh, you know, more than I could have ever thought at that time. So hope helped me overcome. Hope was something I cling to and hope was something that ultimately helped me battle my fears out of those dark places. And it was more than just that Joel Osteen fake it till you make it smile stuff or just a cheerful disposition, which is something, you know, I kind of have naturally as it is. But I'm talking about when life gets dark, when the going gets tough, 
uh, and all that, you know, crap <laughs> uh, ultimately fails. Uh, because as, as great as that sort of optimistic, hopeful, joyful, uh, positive thinking sort of stuff can get you through, you know, just everyday sort of circumstances in life and can be good, you know, there's going to be some dark places where you're going to need real hope. A hope that ultimately can only come from God. Uh, and it's something that you're going to have to put your mind into the future. So if you're battling fear, you know, I, I would just encourage you, dig down deep. See what God has put you here for. Discover your purpose. Discover why God, uh, what, God what you believe God is ultimately marching you towards. And then put everything into that. And, just, and have nothing but hope. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not promising you uh, sunshine and lollipops and that things are ultimately going to work out. Uh, you know, we can read in Hebrews 11 in the Bible that there are people who hope for things in this life that never materialized, um, but that ultimately they uh, will be rewarded by God in the ages uh, to come. So you may not get everything uh, that you want. You may end up in ruin even still. Um, but, you know, even if you end up in ruin, even if you don't get everything that you want um, and things don't materialize as you would, you will have overcome fear. You will have overcome the demonic forces in this world just kind of chomping at you uh, and trying to destroy you. Um, and you will be able to, um, be, you know, be more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. <laughs> um, so, with that said, let me go on to the next point, And that is love. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And I believe in my heart of hearts that that when we're battling fear, that we need to better love others and to love God. Our fears can often arise simply because we are failing to love God and to love others as we ought. Especially when those fears cause us to turn other people into our enemies and we see other people as inhuman monsters that are nothing but hell-bent on our destruction. You know, I, I wonder how many of our fears that we have in this life would ultimately disappear if we simply began seeing the best in others uh, and giving them the benefit of the doubt instead of always seeing the worst in them. What impact would this have on our biases and prejudice towards others, of people we hardly know, of politicians like Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders, or people of different ethnicities and nationalities, or people of different social standings and classes. What would happen to our fears about immigrants uh, if, you know, we learn to, to see them with the eyes of love, to see them with the heart of Jesus Christ, and to have the affections that Jesus has for them and his heart? What happens if those affections and that love were to be transferred to our hearts and to inform the way we think about the world and the way we think about others. I believe we need that radical love 
of Jesus in our lives to ultimately drive out that fear. A love that causes us to love others with the same capacity of Jesus Christ and the willingness that Jesus had to die for the eternal betterment of others so that others far from God might come to know God. Um, I believe if we were to have that same love that Jesus had, um, then a lot of the fears and suspicions and, and doubts that we have from other, about others uh, to where we demonize other individuals and assume the worst about other individuals uh, to cause us to look out for ours and ours alone, uh, me and my kin, us four and no more, you know, sort of mentality. I believe if we had that sort of love, then we would walk in the ways of forgiveness that we would give other people uh, the, the uh, benefit of the doubt um, and that we would actually seek their welfare. And, if, and having that mindset, then I believe we would overcome our fears. And I think about that mindset in regard to my own life. Uh, you know, I, in, in times past, I've had uh, street ministry. Not only did I preach on street corners, but I, you know, went into bad places to do it. Um, and I, you know, interacted with the homeless and uh, individuals who are very poor uh, and, you know, in areas where, where crime was high. Uh, I remember at one point in my life, I had a weekly Bible study at a nearby homeless shelter that I lived uh, not too far from. And I thought about the dangers of going into such places um, and how that would impact possibly me <laughs> and my well-being. Um, and I ultimately realized that if I were to stand up boldly, the only way I could do so and to minister to these people and to serve these people and to share something of Jesus Christ with these people would only be possible if I could do so, if I were motivated by love. Because it's, it's easy to look at a homeless person and think, oh, you're just a drunk or you're just a druggie or you're just high on something or you're just a lazy person or you're a thief and you're a robber or you're uneducated. It's easy to look at such individuals um, you know, with such eyes. But when you start looking at people with the eyes and hearts of Jesus Christ, and you start finding love as your motivation, then you know, even though you know, uh, there's a healthy sense of fear when you go to such places that you know you are aware of the potential dangers, and you know you'll take reasonable precautions um, to engage in uh, such areas for ministry and things of that nature. Um, you know, love will ultimately cast out those fears. Uh, and you'll start looking in, at people di differently, and you'll start treating people differently. Um, so if you want to overcome your fears, if you want to cast out those fears, that those demonic fears that can creep into our lives, focus on learning to love other, other individuals just as Christ loved us. Um, look at people with the eyes of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, and learn something from him by simply spending time with him and allowing his heart to transfer to your heart. Um, because, you know, if we fail to do such, then we'll continue to demonize the people that God has placed in our lives that he actually wants us to love and to serve and to share with in our lives. And you'll never get to the point 
that you can love, that you can serve those people and be to them as Christ would have you to be until you learn to walk in the ways of love. A love that is willing to risk injury, a love that is willing to risk the discomfort, a, a love that is willing to say, hey, it is possible you may be my enemy and you may wish me nothing but harm, but I'm going to love you anyway and hope that that love transforms that relationship so that not only can I be a better person, but you can be too. So everybody, pretty simple, straightforward uh, message today. Uh, just some thoughts about overcoming fear. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Just to recap, uh, fear can be a good thing. Fear can be something that we can embrace. But fear is something that we sometimes need to drive out and cast away from our lives. And the greatest ways to do that I have found in my own life is to have faith, hope, and love. And if we walk in those three things, those, those fears that we need to drive out in our lives, then I believe faith, hope, and love will allow us to do just that. And allow us to not ever be free from fear. Because fear is a real thing. Um, fear is something that we all have to wrestle with in our lives. But it is a fear that we can ultimately overcome. And it's a fear we no longer have to walk in. And it is a fear that no longer has to cripple our lives. And it is a fear that we can ultimately set aside and crucify and put to death so that something truly wonderful and beautiful and life-giving can emerge. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Uh, you can listen to my podcast there. Um, you can also find me on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know about your fears. Let me know what you've been wrestling with. And I'd love to hear about ways you've overcome fear uh, and ways you've embraced fear. Um, give me a shout out. Let me, let me hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Again, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Um, where I'm having conversations about faith, life, and culture, and sometimes food. Take care, everybody, and God bless.